listeners. This is Mary. I just wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to hear was recorded before the coronavirus spread into a pandemic and fundamentally changed all of our lives. Um, We at Outrageous Mechanisms uh, encourage our listeners to practice social distancing and wash their hands regularly. We're here for you and hope this podcast will in some small way help keep your spirits up in these trying times. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we routinely shoot the only person who knows what's going on in the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Thomas Johnston, and my partner in crime is my sister, Mary Johnston. Not a redhead. (laughs) Going on record now. Not a redhead. I'm glad that you you didn't suggest that people should routinely shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Mary, are you doing the thing where like maybe if we sing the theme song slow enough, we don't actually have to talk about the episode? Just like we're we're just gonna do the hits. We're gonna play anyone for ever, time. Ever, anyone want me to hum the theme song to Love Boat? Um, let's let's spend twenty minutes talking about Whoopi Goldberg's career. Uh, I do have a fair amount of information about the personnel of this episode. All right, director. So this episode, as you are as you are uh, alluding to, is not great. The personnel on this on this on this piece is great. Uh, this is directed by uh, Toby Hooper. Are you kidding me? This is ho- this is horror royalty. He is the mind yeah. behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre and one and two, and mm-hmm. Poltergeist. And this is a little funny fun fact. Um, he was originally uh, offered the script for ET, mm-hmm. but turned it down um, because he was like, "I'm a horror man." It, literally, that's all he he has gone on record many times being like, all I want to do is direct horror movies. I'm not interested in other kind types of movies. So basically, um, and then Spielberg at this point was working on Poltergeist, and basically Spielberg was like, let's do a classic sw- uh, project swap. So, <laughs> so uh, Hooper gave Spielberg E.T. and Spielberg gave Hooper uh, Poltergeist. And when you think about it, those movies are kind of weirdly similar. No. <laughs> Like, different flip sides of the same coin, like, creepy things talking to your kid around your house. Yeah. 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 There's, like, one scene that's, like, very upsetting to everyone who watches it, a.k.a. E.T. lying like a dried-out white turd on the side of the road, and uh, that evil clown. Oh, I I don't like it when E.T. dresses up like a woman. I I don't think God... Oh, right, 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 because he's a boy alien, right? Right, yeah, God... That makes the baby Jesus very upset. When he does that, he looks like he is a missing uh, Olsen triplet. <laughs> I was kind of thinking he looks a little bit like he's auditioning to be in the Lost Boys, but doesn't quite understand what decade it's supposed to be set in. I've said this to you many, many times, but it bears repeating. 
So the scene that is that drives me so crazy in E.T. First of all, I find E.T. quite frightening and have for a lot of my life. Yeah. The the moment that I find totally to, like totally removes me from the movie and I'm like no way, no way in hell is when E.T. is still hiding from the mom and mm-hmm. The mom is, like, picking up Elliot's bedroom, and she opens up the closet, and E.T. just, like, sinks back into the stuffed animals, and she's like, normal, business as usual, and you see her, like, scan the stuffed animals. You would remember if you bought your kid something that looks like E.T., or if someone else bought your kid something that looks like E.T., you're like, oh, yeah, little lion, husky dog puppy, weird latex fetish monster. Yeah, everything checks out here. It's fine. It's Seems fine. normal. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, I am. Um, horrifying. I have absolute power. No, I'm, I'm, on right on, I'm right on board with it until they say penis breath, and then I'm like, hateful. This movie is hateful. How do you feel about Zetus Sapetus? What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Well, it does mean something in Xenon, but not in... Uh... Oh, yeah, true. Okay. Wait, are they related? No, I don't think so. Well, a funny thing, Steven Spielberg wrote that also, but then he's like, I'm not the guy <laughs> to direct Spielberg, this like, Disney Channel original movie. Steven Spielberg, Girl of the 21st Century, no, I just, would love it. He just wrote it. I would love it even more than I already do. Which is a lot. Which um, is quite... I, I love it a bunch. I mean, I really love it. Uh, Do you remember that our copy of E.T. was a VHS, but it wasn't, like, black and white. It was, like, black and kind of like a, like a spacey green color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean, like, the, the VHS tape itself. Yeah, like the physical the physical media. Yeah, I do remember that. It was, like, it was like a green that you would expect uh, to glow in the dark, although, as far as I know, this one didn't. Yeah, it seemed kind of, it's just sort of a weird choice for E.T., I, it would seem like it might be a better fit if you had, like, Ghostbusters on VHS or something. Oh, well, that would have to be, like, Slimer Green. I don't think mm-hmm. I need to tell anybody what Slimer Green is. <laughs> Bring on the Ecto Cooler. Yeah, you know, Ghostbusters, one of the best uh, movies about how uh, public health and control is not important. Are a bunch of whiners. Are just... And we should let three dubiously credentialed con men. Plus their one black friend who they did not give a doctorate for no reason whatsoever. Right. Anyway. <laughs> wow. We also have Whoopi Goldberg in this uh, <laughs> this episode. Speaking what of women, she... Academy Award winner and Bill Cosby apologist Whoopi Goldberg in this picture as well. Mm. Um, you know Whoopi from pictures such as Ghost, <laughs> The Color mm-hmm. Purple, and Sister Act, both one and two. Uh, I... I... And also now the view. And isn't also she the most the view? Yeah, isn't she like the most like viewed left wing person on the view? Oh nah. What about uh? What about uh, Joy Behar? I think she's more like mainline lib. Oh oh, you mean like oh? Of course. I I'm sorry. Um, at this point, like left just means like good guy to me. Um, <laughs> right. You mean literally the most leftist. I don't yeah, know. I mean, who's she I mean, like, for? I mean, she's probably still like the most liberal, but I think Joy Behar is like one of those like, everybody just needs to fall in line behind John McCain. You know, like she's Yeah, like, or she's like, she's like, I respect, you know, yeah. I respect. Joe Biden has an unimpeachable record. You really can't. But sure. it also isn't. I, I haven't watched the View. In <laughs> Do long. I also? I've actually never also, watched the. View. <laughs> I've watched like a little bit of the View. It's pretty. But tough. isn't like Whoopi kind of like the moderator now? Isn't Whoopi has taken over a... from Babs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does blah, regularly. Blah, blah, blah. 
yell at people. Uh, well, now they can't say anything about John McCain because it'll make Meghan McCain cry. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I guess if people were telling me that my dad was like a war criminal, I guess that would also make me cry. Um, but, Here's you the know. thing, though. Here's the thing, though. But, Mary, dad isn't a war criminal. That we know of. No. <laughs> You're pretty sure he is. Oh, great. Okay. So now we're down to one listener. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I, you know how I usually like to give you a little, like, fun fact or, like, a usually I like a quote or a thought process behind um, uh, when I talk about these, like, the people who are in the personnel. Um, For this one, for whatever reason, all of them had kind of, like, funny or, like, really outlandish things associated with them. So I went with more of those as opposed to things that relate, strictly speaking, to horror. Did you know that Whoopi Goldberg is an avid Fiesta wear collector? (laughs) She has an alarming (laughs) amount of Fiesta wear. Isn't that funny and weird? Does she have like big, big? She got some house with like a big deck where she can have parties and stuff. And like yeah, lay yeah, it all out. yeah. I think she serve must up, be serve up some dips, some guac. Yeah, I mean, I think I assume that she's just like always pouring like a batch cocktail into mm-hmm. like a mug that is easily an inch thick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> into a four pound empty mug. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and everyone's everyone gets a different color. It's great. Nobody gets mixed up about what drink I... is theirs. Which actually, in coronavirus times, is a pretty good idea. Yeah, I kind of like some fiesta where everybody has to stand more than six feet apart at your party. Well, that's why Whoopi has that big deck. So you can have six feet apart from everybody so that you can sneeze into your own guacamole. And then I don't know why this happened, but somebody asked Whoopi Goldberg what she felt about the movie Showgirls. And she had this (laughs) quip that I thought was quite charming. I haven't seen that many poles mistreated since World War II. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Whoopi slaps. Uh, yeah, except sometimes she super doesn't slap. It's it's very, it's, it's a lot. She really slaps, and then she's like, I don't think Mel Gibson's a racist, and you're like, you're the literally the only person alive. You and Jodie Foster are the only people alive who think that that's true. Yeah, maybe it's, but he probably came to one of her parties and he said nice things about her fiesta wear. Yeah, he probably was like, he was probably like, I love this mug. It's harvest yellow, so I know that I'll know which one's mine. Yeah, exactly. Um, John Ray's Davies is also in this uh, mm-hmm. this episode. Something of a problematic fave of the Johnston family. He is solid Indiana Jones, uh, Gimli and Lord of the Rings. Have you heard of it? And also, um, his mo- the voice of the Brine King in Aquaman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, those yeah. those uh, those crab guys. Yeah, um, I would say ninety five percent about of his quotes that I found were about and fun facts were about him in Lord of the Rings or being Sala, although mm-hmm. he's had a huge career. Sure, um, he's good in Riley Ace of Spies. Oh yeah, he is. So John has John friend of the pod has this to say about it for himself. I enjoy acting. It's oh. not. It's not that I began to think I was getting better. I now fully know that I've made no improvements whatsoever since I was 20. But you know what? I can live with it. <laughs> oh, man. We also have Vanity um, as Catherine in this. Um, so this is the description I found on Vanity first. And then I started to dig around and I was like, oh, man, bury the lead. Vanity was a glamorous. Vanity is R.I.P. Unfortunately, so we've preferred her in the past past tense. Vanity was a glamorous Canadian model and lead singer of an all-girl group. 
they're what the old girl group they're referring to is Vanity Six, mm-hmm. which was a um, project that Prince got very invested in. When one night in a hotel, he happened to catch the um, <laughs> the Barbara Streisand version of uh, A Star Is Born, and he was like, "You know what? I'd like to uh, advise women." So, <laughs> so he basically was like, "Let's start a girl group." And he wanted to call it, uh, he wanted to call them hookers initially and have them sing in lingerie, sensual songs and, and behave with like wanton sexuality on stage. And they did all of that, except they weren't called hookers. They were called Vanity Six. Although, um, this might surprise you, but Vanity, that's a stage name for this person. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And um, and Vanity was originally supposed to be Vagina, so one assumes it was going to be Vagina 6, and then she was going to be named Vagina, but she talked Prince out of that. She was like... What were the other five girls going to be called? Great question. I have no idea. I also don't know if Vanity 6 ever had six people in it. Oh, good call. Yeah. I think it was like, when I when I was reading about this, and from what I recall, I can like think of four possible people who could be in Vanity 6. But... I see. Maybe, yeah. Um, Vanity, like many uh, stars of her time, was quite fond of crack cocaine um, and became addicted. And then the mid-90s had uh, complete kidney failure, which almost killed her. Um, So she got herself over to many rounds. I think they said five rounds of dialysis. And Mm -hmm. while she was going through that, she decided that she was going to renounce her stage name, her music, and became a born-again Christian. So that's cool. (laughs) Um, She unfortunately died in 2016 at the ripe age of 57. Um, And I think that the ultimate story about that is um, if you uh, don't, don't, don't do a bunch of crack cocaine. Yeah, she also was briefly, uh, she was also married to Anthony Smith, who was an Oakland Raider in the 90s, and uh, wound up being charged with uh, murder on multiple counts. Great! He also beat her up, so happy story there. I think it's interesting that um, uh, Vanity and Prince are basically the same age. (laughs) Yeah. So it's funny that, um, and, and Prince apparently for a while, and who knows, you know, with with Prince uh, saying things that like vanity was was or is the female version of him, so I'll probably like that she was the same age. But it just feels weird to go out and be like, I'm gonna go find a prodigy and fix it, and you know, like nur- and and coach and nurture her talent. You find someone who is you know six months younger than you are. Yeah, she was a later addition. I think it was still uh, under hookers before she kind of became the heir apparent to his I girl so. group. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I love Prince's art. I think he's an interesting person, but he's definitely a like a weird person, and he did stuff that I would not like. I feel like a lot of people, even people who like Prince, will grant you that he is a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, um, I like to do. Did you see that? Uh, so I, I'm not cool enough to like know about Vanity's music when I was uh, younger, but I definitely knew about the Last Dragon. That weird, like. Oh yeah, she's Kinda. also in that. Yeah, yeah, she's the the love interest in that. Bruce Leroy and Show Enough and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. probably probably something where if I watched it again, I'd be like, "This feels bad." Shouldn't have been laughing about this as a, as a little white boy. Yeah, well, 
Add it to the pile. Put it in the pile. Um. So next up, we have the our final member, James Remar, uh, as Red Buckley. Uh, you might know, <laughs> you might know Remar from The Warriors, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Sex in the City, Ratatouille, or Django Unchained. He was in all of those movies. <laughs> The um, Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has said on many occasions that like he's down to clown whatever role they want to give him he's into it he's a student he's a student of life and he wants to throw himself at whatever people think he can do which I think is reflective of what of the things that I've named there yeah good for him. Um, the, the thing that I, that kind of tickled me about, yeah, he sounds like a pretty decent dude. Um, I hope he's not a sex pest. Um, the fun fact that I found on his Wikipedia page that made me laugh really hard was, while most of Remar's characters are vicious and cocky, if not completely evil, in real life, he is a proud father and a loving husband. (laughs) Oh. Okay. That's such a... That's like a hilarious thing about actors that like is we're always like, of course, it's fake, but it always is kind of fun when you see when you see that, you know, like guys who are famous for being for playing serial killers or I feel like usually you'll see it where it'll be like this guy who's famous for putting on monster makeup and everything actually sings in his church choir when he's not when he's not disemboweling men with chainsaws. He's (laughs) he's a scoutmaster. What's this episode about, Thomas? Okay, so this episode, which is called Dead Weight, but like, wait, not wait. Get it? Not like, you know, mass, like, well, I'm just, just here. Like, as in room. Right. <laughs> Weird. Here's my synopsis. <clears throat> well, as in ing room. <laughs> ing room. <laughs> Red Buckley is a soldier of fortune in pursuit of a unique treasure. Attempting to get close to the mysterious man who owns it, he becomes entangled in a love affair with the man's mistress. Tensions build as the rebels close in. Who will make it off this island with the treasure? Sex, death, betrayal, voodoo in dead weight. Hmm. I don't know, but maybe it's just like because the rebels. I was like, it sounds sort of like you're describing some sort of like weird fan fiction about Star Wars. Red Buckley is an Imperial Stormtrooper. <laughs> Luke has to fight voodoo now. Maybe Luke is voodoo. I don't know. The Force is voodoo. The Force is voodoo. Who knows? Who do? You do. Do what? Yeah. So, May the Force be with you. <laughs> Remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe who looks like Yoda. What Yoda? <laughs> the child. Baby Yoda. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, that is what this episode is about. You did make it sound better than it is. Yeah, yeah. this ep- this episode is just like disappointing. It's a weird waste of everyone's time and talent. I kind of feel like, um, for reasons. Who is we'll the pro- most wasted? Um, it has to. It's a. It's got to be a toss up between Reese Davies and Goldberg, right? Um, yeah. Yes. And I think it's probably Rhys Davies. I say that because I kind of enjoy his acting generally more. Of course um, you would. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Being a, be, speaking, speaking as a man. No, um, no, but, but I think that's, but like, just 
as a like as a kid I have more affection for Sala than I do whatever the name of the lounge singer in uh in Sister Act. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's either it's either of the two of them are sort of wasted. At least Whoopi gets to do some kind of cool stuff. But most of the time she's just kind of uh being somber and uh like like spookily supernatural but in kind of a boring way. It is weird to me that in a in a episode in an episode where she is called upon uh Dolores is her name in Sister Act. Um mm-hmm. in an episode that ha- has v- has voodoo and has her obviously as the only black person kind of like as the like conduit towards voodoo and I feel mm-hmm. like they try we'll get onto this later but I, they kind of try to like honor it a little bit more I think mm-hmm. like like the story bears out that she's right. The things she tries to do are are like functionally correct. Mm-hmm. Um, like it would be a good idea for uh, um, for Red to for Buckley to sleep in that bed with that slaughtered chicken. But you totally understand why he doesn't want to, mm-hmm. um, right? But like for the most, it's it's a very subdued performance on her on her part. Yes, yes, very much so. I don't know if they were trying to do that because they were trying to make it signal to you that she is, she secretly will be the, like, kind of the protagonist. <laughs> I don't know if they were doing it because they didn't want to appear super racist. Um, I don't give them enough credit, I guess, for that. Or I don't think, I don't, I don't give them credit for that. But I mean, like, obviously she was like a mega star at this point. So like, maybe they just didn't want her to seem foolish. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a snooze of a performance on her part. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's this, uh, this, this episode keeps sort of bumping up against suggestions of stuff that could be cool. And when you discuss it, it probably sounds, it sounds pretty good. We're like. Red Buckley like murders his partner and then tries to uh, get in good with um, John Rhys Davies, whose character's name is Emil. And there's all the suggestion that he has uh, supernatural powers and like consorts with evil spirits, and he has um, uh, a, a waterborne third world illness, schistosomiasis. So he has like worms that live under his skin and in his gut. And is that a know, real it, thing? It is a real thing. It's Ugh. um. It's a big, I mean, it's a, it, you know, globally a big public health issue, um, second only to malaria. Um, and, uh, but, but also, you know, you can, you can fix it by taking antibiotics. Um, so, okay. but, but yeah, like kids in, um, and I think if I recall correctly, um, these are like the kids who get, like, you can like make your belly be all swollen up and it makes you, makes you sick and it's bad. Uh, but anyway, but you know, right? Like, like, what a cool, like, evil kind of, you know. He's he's, he's like the cla- he's the classic like weird guy, guy in a white suit with a plantation. I don't know. It's there's that sounds fun. He's got this black pearl, and nobody quite knows like the the pearl, which is this MacGuffin. But maybe it is is the pearl supernatural. Who knows? Vanity is like his super like sexy like lady, but she obviously she and Red have all this chemistry, and there's this recurrent. Um, uh, motif of a chess game and you're like oh man this just that sounds great and then there are rebels and like corrupt government and that sounds great you know that 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 seems that's fun and so they're like kind of stuck and 
Uh, there's enough in material it. for this to be a pretty good mini series. Right. Instead, and then, and it's then, just a super complicated and like and like full of dead end twenty minutes. Right. But then you're like, and then red. Then Red cuts John Rhys Davies open to get the pearl that he swallowed out of his guts, and he reaches in there, and then Vanity gets killed with a voodoo doll. <laughs> like you're like, oh man, this sounds this sounds great. Like this sounds- definitely exciting. It's way it seems like it's going to be way more exciting than it is. Yeah, right. Yes, this um this struck me as being. I think it's supposed to be kind of pulpy. Like this strikes me as being kind of a like two-fisted tales or like a men's adventure magazine kind of story yeah 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 for sure it uh did you know that so men's adventure magazines are kind of what pulp magazines became in the like like 50s and 60s and 70s um did you know that they were called (laughs) armpit slicks or men's sweat magazines or the sweats by people in the magazine publishing industry (laughs) why what so a slick slick magazines were um, made of glossy paper, mm-hmm. and so like a slick versus pulp. So pulps were made out of like cheap like newsprinty kind of paper. Got but it. But glossy was slick. But they were called yeah I don't know why the, the sweats you know it's just because it's full of like grunting men like saving women from communists and Nazis. Okay, I was wondering if it had like some sort of like uh, pseudo sexual quality. At yeah, most. I I was on a, I mean it, surely surely. What's also funny is um, uh, reading about men's adventure magazines. They basically just became pornography. <laughs> like it was kind of like after a while, they just got really sexually explicit and just became like sex magazines. Hmm. Like erotica, kind of. Um, I'll just read you a quote from Wikipedia. That In the seventies, many of the men's adventure magazines dropped the fiction and true action stories and started focusing on pictorials of nude women and nonfiction articles related to sex or current events. Okay. So they just on the, became Playboy. <laughs> so what it would be is it would be like like a cheesecake photo, um, a budding like a, a a little a little pop out that's like the coronavirus in you. Wash, the coronavirus wash in you. your hands, Bucko. And then you like turn it. It's like nudists in the Southwest. Nice. Here's what swinging's about, you guys. Nice. Nudist. What's funny about nudists is usually they are, like, the opposite of sex. Of, like, of like we're doing this for sex reasons. I feel like, though, there was, like, a magical moment where um, before people could just, like, crassly consume sexually explicit stuff, they could be, like, it, it could, it was, like, a, you could, basically, societal-wide, you could do the, the school kid thing of being, like, no, I'm looking at National Geographic to read articles, not to look at, 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 at tribes women's breasts. Um, mm-hmm. Where they would be like, you know, we're going to watch a documentary about this is just about the nudist lifestyle. It's totally fine and normal. I'm I mean, learning. It is totally fine and normal. But, you know, like, yeah, I'm learning. I'm definitely not being titillated. Mm-hmm. Naked volleyball seems great. Very normal and healthy. Again, um, actually is normal and healthy, but I, these people were not uh, dealing straight. Yeah. So, OK, so we've kind of this is sort of a. This is kind of a pulp story. I think what what we we can interrogate this further. Like, what does pulp even mean? Um, but it's sort of a like men's adventure story. Well, as far some... as I know, a, a pulp is an a, an armpit slick. An armpit slick, yeah. Is it a for sweat. tucking underneath your armpit? I think so. And those are really the men's adventure, which was apparently kind of the, the like wh- where where pulps went, because pulps. I mean, pulps really were just at first just sort of like cheap books. Mm-hmm. And written in sort of episode. I mean, you know, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, friend of the show, 
um, wrote, you know, published stuff in pulp novels. Um, uh, you know, the um, Conan the Barbarian stories were released in pulp. You know, all sorts of stuff was written in, in pulp magazines because it was a publishing format in the sort of later 19th century and then really came into its own in the early 20th. Um, and uh, as reading and publishing uh, became sort of a made made reading and publishing a huge a huge business for everyone so it's very democratic kind of uh, way of enjoying things and then as pulps became kind of more um, specific for like genre fiction and crime and men's adventure it sort of felt kind of tapered off a little bit because people could just buy like paperback novels you know it was it, you didn't have to it wasn't it wasn't so weird and novel to have a book Mm-hmm. 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 But I feel like pulp gets brought up a lot as sort of a genre, and it sort of is like, it kind of seems like it really is just how closely does this approximate Indiana Jones? Well, right, and like Indiana Jones, Romancing the Stone, all of those sort of like jungle right, adventure like, movie, uh, jungle adventure movies are like pastiches of these kinds of right, uh, which is books. funny because those those are really more like serials, so. But 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 anyway, yeah, this sort of idea of um, uh, sort of exploitive genre fiction maybe could maybe be kind of a yeah. Well, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like this just like like absolutely refuses to have any fun with any of the subject matter that they're dealing. No, with. no, it's it. I would say it is aggressively unpleasant. Which thinking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, maybe that's kind of the point. Not that I, I actually, I like, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's fun. yeah, but I you understand the, uh, why Texas Chainsaw Massacre is supposed to be deeply unpleasant. This should be, this should be kind of a little bit of fun. Yeah, right. You you have people running around in their vo- in their voodoo dolls again. I feel weird talking about this because I feel like the way that voodoo is presented is not it's always racist. I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. And right. Because like, voodoo is an actual religion. I mean. Right, right. Let, let, yeah, yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to like bend over backwards to explain that we understand that like voodoo, as showed in Hollywood, is 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 you know BS and super racist. Like yeah, westernized fantasy about yeah, yeah. Or but why? Given that, or why it's totally fine to make jokes about Catholicism that are definitely not fine to translate over into voodooism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, but but yeah, it's um. I don't know, but this also kind of has a little bit of that like military adventurism kind of feel to it. I think sure. about the um, Warren Zevon song, The Envoy. Like, <clears throat> Red and his partner that he shoots in the opener. Like, like, what what, do you, what do these guys deal? Like, what's their... Are, they're criminals? Are they like... I don't think they have that feeling of being kind of like, like whatever a great white hunter is in the 80s. <laughs> Like, right. They seem like probably like military men who just like kind of never left wherever they were posted and now are like soldiers yeah. of fortune, a.k.a. criminals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In If this movie was ba- if this movie, if this episode oh. was being was being made now, take a drink, was being made now. These guys would be like disgraced like seals or it would be like we never left the sandbox ever since I've been in Iraq and Afghanistan. I just like they'd have the tactical beards and they'd all be like operators, yeah. you, you know, you know, like. For sure. Yeah, and so it's kind of it, it seems to be kind of a you know we're gonna we're gonna go bust things up in the third world and uh and and make some money, which is sort of a weird way to look at the way that you know America was conducting business then and perhaps always. Also, I would feel I think is sort of like I mean 
we usually start with themes and morals. I, I kind of didn't have any problem blowing past it because I'm not really even sure what this episode is saying. The, the most concise thing I could think of is one man's trash is another man's treasure. Or, or, yeah, or, pr- or probably actually one man's treasure is another one's trash. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Based on how, yeah, like, the... the story unfolds. But, like, but that is also sits really uncomfortably in this space as well. So, like, yeah. instead you have, so you have a story that could, that could show sort of, uh, like, this story works because Red is a fish out of water in his spot. That's also why Indiana Jones works, right? Like, Indiana yeah. Jones is a fish out of water who is also a fish, who is like pretending to be even different kind of fish also out of water, right? I mean, it's basically like formidable white guy gets to experience exoticism and you, the audience who don't know anything about this exotic thing, get to experience it with him. Who have no idea what the topic is going to be about. Yeah. Right, exactly. Who have no idea about what the voodoo is going <laughs> Right. And typically, and typically from that, like, I mean, this happens in all the Indiana Jones films, right? He, he touches something usually divine, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And then must lose it in the name of community and friendship and family, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, that is yes. the ultimate lesson learned, and then he has to return wiser but ultimately empty-handed. Like, that's kind of the story. But, you yeah. know, but richer for the experience and also, like, family's all that matters, blah, 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 <laughs> the blah. The real holy grail was the friends we made along the way. The real holy grail was my crotchety dad. <laughs> Which is so funny because isn't he – so then he's, he's like, the opposite of what being, like, a two-fisted archaeologist actually is. Yeah. Um, I – so I know that you for a while listened to the podcast Unspooled. Their episode mm-hmm. about Indiana Jones is pretty good. I like it. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. there's a t- it's about Raiders. There's a ton of stuff in there. Raiders is an interesting movie. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have a whole sure. section about, like, what kind of shoes Harrison Ford wore to be Indiana Jones, which is strangely interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But um, they point out that Indiana Jones is actually not very good at his job. Like oh, yeah. and and not in like a like a oh my god like he'd be a terrible professor to have but like in a most of his plans like don't work and mm-hmm. he's and that's like part of his charm is mm-hmm. that he's not a very effective hero. especially in Raiders of the Lost Ark because it yeah it, it's been pointed out in multiple places that it in essence if he had done nothing the story like the story proceeds and resolves without him without his input completely yeah, the Ark of the Covenant is perfectly capable of defending itself about against a bunch of anti-Semites, apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah. Marion Ravenwood would probably be dead, though. Yeah, probably. But, uh, right, because she would have gotten killed at the beginning. Yeah, which would have been a shame, because she's cool. Right. But then also, um, like, did Indy, like, you know, kind of, I was a child, I was in love. You knew what you were doing. Not so it's, it's Professor Ravenwood's fault. Yeah. <laughs> that she's dead. Because he's the one who gave her the the top of that of that uh, staff. Yeah, the the sta- the the headpiece staff of Ra. I know that we really don't want to talk about this episode, but yeah, we should yeah. probably talk about this episode. Yeah, we have. So, to. No, it's fine. so, but I guess like so that I think is sort of th- that makes sense in that context of that story. You have a man who's driven to find magical, wonderful things, and what he finds instead is community in the people who he already knew. Right, right, right like right, that right. totally makes sense. And that's like hero's journey, blah, 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 blah. This is sort of weird. So instead what you're saying is man 
man who's fixated on what he thinks is the treasure is actually the treasure to somebody else. That's weird. Yeah, right. Well, and the other thing is, like, you know, Indiana Jones is a likable protagonist. Like, I think this is just, like, a bunch of kind of unpleasant people. And not even in, like, a fun Reservoir Dogs kind of way. Like, it's just kind of, like, flat murderous man uh, injects himself into a situation he barely understands and murders about half the people he meets and then gets murdered. Yeah. it's It has a lot of, like, weird James Bond energy in there. From, yeah. Just from that, where it's kind of like, he shows up and is like, are you the hottest babe? We're going to have sex. Duvall then, is the closest you have to a likable person in this, but the entire time is that he's like, you know, a rube. Yeah, right. And this this episode also does a lot of stuff where they hint at there being more going on, and, but then there's not. Like, they're like, Duvall is a powerful sorcerer. And then he's like, oh, really? And they're like, no, you're too easy, you dummy. He's not. He just has a disease. He's just full of worms. Right. Or then they talk about like the pearl is, uh, the pearl, uh, you know, is blessed by the spirits. Or I can't remember. But like the pearl is implied to have some sort of supernatural power. It is more valuable to Duvall than mere money. And, um, but, you know, no, not really. It's just a pearl. Um, they, they do kind of play with that a little bit, um, that the pearl is, um, kind of represents different things to different people. But you only really see that it represents something to Red, because for him it represents kind of like respect and sort of power. I don't know if it's something where it's kind of like he's and, been... And the, freedom, but we don't know freedom from what. Like, it seems like yeah. he's pretty free. It kind of seems like really what happened is he killed the guy who's the brains of the operation. So now he, as like a, as like a dumb thug, has to kind of, has to like sort of do this to prove to himself that he never needed the other guy. But obviously yeah. he does, because I think that um, there's Red has a profound amount of, like, dumb guy energy. He talks about, like, playing the playing chess as a way to improve his mind, which sounds a lot like when you hear um, uh, fans of um, uh, various more popular podcasts. Um, Joe Rogan, I'm looking at you. Talk about, like, nootropic stack, like, taking medicine, taking supplements to make their brains work better does he know about sudokus probably this was this was the, the early 90s it was it was all chess um no no, no uh, i, I like, mean joe rogan he doesn't have to oh, yeah. he doesn't have to bind all that bunkum he can just get a puzzle book yeah, but it's but but you can't you can't sell supplements if you don't, if you don't uh, pretend to believe but in you can sell puzzle books <laughs> joe um, rogan's I, very favorite sudokus <laughs> And brain teasers. Yeah, that'd be so great. Brought to you by Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's like, look, man, I know that you've done other Sudokus, but the Sudokus that I've found are the kind that do actually make you smarter. <laughs> but I like when Red murders his partner. He says, if you're so fucking smart, how come you're the one who's dead after he shoots? Like, just profound dumb guy energy. Yeah. Um, he then bumble. He then is supposed to, like, meet up with Duval or find Duval. So he just kind of bumbles into him at a bar. And then I just wrote this in my notes. Red's not very good with lies and stuff. Like when he's lying, like, I used to work on a farm. I could work on your plantation. And then Duval does the let's see your hands. He's like, these aren't the hands of a farmer. And he's like, well, I mean, I was in the Navy for a while. <laughs> the Navy, then, a, a place where you never use your hands. It's yeah, all we footwork in the soft. Navy. I mean, like, you don't hornpipe with your hands. And then, and then he's th there's all this like then there's sort of like this half-assed chess metaphor where they're like sort of playing chess, but it and it's I, I know that it's supposed to be there as kind of a like, ooh, the tension is upping. Like, will he 
will he or Duval like figure? But Duval is either like sort of a patsy or or maybe just kind of doesn't really care. I kind of got the doesn't really care vibe from him. Yeah, like I don't think Duval ever thinks that he's playing chess with Red and you don't think that Red would be very good at playing chess. So it's it's kind of I mean, the the thing that works is uh, Red King takes Black Queen. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All this cringy. Yeah. The Red King takes Black Queen. I, uh, I, you know, I've watched this a couple times for the show. I think he moves the piece illegally. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> which, 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 I mean, would just be true to form. Um, I, there's a lot of terrible dialogue with Vanity where it's like, I thought you were his black pearl. I'm his black diamond. No, you're the black queen. <laughs> and she's like, actually, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm just black, a black person. I'm, I'm a, I am a, yeah, that's right. <laughs> In this case, I get like, I am a proud Haitian woman. And uh, I, uh, who I choose to associate with is none of your business. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. Back off, red. But instead they're like, ooh, it's so hot. Like, look at the way, ooh, he's got this red hair. Also, this thing is shot so muddy and dark. It's not super clear to me all the time that red actually has red hair. Yeah. It's simultaneously, (laughs) I will say this about it. It is simultaneously not bright enough for me to tell he has red hair, but when you point out to me that he has red hair, all I can focus on is how bad the red hair looks. Yes, like, yes, very he much has, so. yes. He has, like, archy re- level of red hair. Oh, yeah, hair he has red hair the same way, like, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance sometimes has or had red hair. Yeah, like, his shade of red makes Carrot Top's red hair look normal. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... unremarkable. It's, it, it is bright red like a cartoon. Yeah, it's like red house paint. It's not even because like Carrot Top has like kind of orangey red hair, like you know. Yeah, no, one assumes like red, that Carrot Top's like hair is red, based on red house something paint colored hair. Yeah, like it looks painted on. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. Um, but you wouldn't notice it unless someone made an enormous deal out of it, which they do in this episode. Right, right. So, what? What is so? Duval is like hiring Red to be muscle or something on his plant. Like what? Yeah, he hires him to like basically be like his like be the plantation manager, right? But yeah, like what is Duval actually hiring him for? I mean, I assume that Duval is also interested in getting at that sweet redheaded magic, but it's not. Think so it's not explicit. But, but Duval, but Duval is. But even though even though they tease us with that, he's not. It turns out he's not supernatural. Like, aren't, weren't you like waiting know. for him? to But pull he talks out some... about it. He asks him if he's a natural redhead. Yeah, maybe. I think so it's got to Duval... be something to do with that. I don't know. No, Duval and Vanity were kind of thinking about maybe like opening up their relationship a little bit, and they kind of thought that maybe Red would be a good good fit, and they were going to try him out a little bit. They always like a fire crotch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fire crotch is always welcome. Yeah. Great. Is that a fire but crotch yeah. to this to this stew? This also is more of that like that that. that the kind of like racist, like great white hunter genre, where like, of course, Red, being a white European, is exactly the kind of person you would hire to run your plantation. Because of course, he he's just sort of like he is the polymath because he is a man who is white who represents civilization. Oh right, right. Like of course, of course, he would have be instantly respected, no right, matter yeah, what. But like right, you know. In, in a way where it's like this weird fantasy, right? Like go down to you know, you know, be a be a man of action and go to Haiti, and you can like get a job like bossing this guy's plantation. Whereas if Red was in you know rural Indiana, it was like, can I work on your farm? They're like, what are you talking about? I don't <laughs> no, know. Let can't. me see your LinkedIn profile. 
Right. They're, they're, maybe you can milk some cows for a place to stay, but we're not giving you any money, man. You can sleep in the barn. That's right. But don't. We, we have these a holes. A dishonest man lives here. Yeah. No, I was taking it a different direction. <laughs> whatever you do. Wait, wait, hold on. Are you saying there's like, there's three holes in the barn? Yep. Whatever you do, don't. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, man. But what I'm saying is do not under any circumstances. I know that this might be like something that's super normal to do in your own house, but what's behind these holes are not, it's not good. Trust me. <laughs> this is a safety issue. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I like begrudgingly gave you work, but I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> if anything, cleaning that milking machine. <laughs> Why would the milking machine even want that much semen? Yeah. So, so right. So. When the re- so the rebels are gonna like take over the island or whatever. So also, Duval- what's my wife doing permanently behind this hole? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like um I like when um Duval swallows the pearl. We don't see him swallow the pearl, but he's like telling Red like basically he's like I don't have the pearl. I can't get the pearl right now. You know, like tell Jabba I'll have his. Mm-hmm. He, it's in a place where I cannot get to it. And I like how Red, like, doesn't understand is, like, waving his gun around, making constipated faces, where it's kind of like, no, I have the gun. You have to give me the pearl. I'm the boss now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. By great, I mean, it's sort of frustrating and stupid. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a lot of when I would finally get the dart gun and then you would just charge me. <laughs> Even though I had been running from you that had had the gar- dart gun for so long, yeah, it was frustrating and annoying like that. Oh, sweet! So I get to be so I get to be John Rhys Davies. No, Cha-ching. you no. You... I'm Sala. I'm Sala. You I'm have the dart Sala. Gun. <laughs> I'm Sala. You have to be James Remar. No, 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 no. I'm Duval. I have the worms under the skin. You have bad red hair. Um. So, what do you think of the scene where they cut Duval? I. I okay. So. I like it that that uh, Red is just like basically is like yep just gotta cut him open now. It's like flips open his little like pen knife. And Couldn't like, be easier. A pearl inside a man. We'll find that in no time. Right, right. And also the, the don't they say something on the lines of like the worms are gonna just crawl right in your skin or something Ugh, like that? Like yes. Think think how bad that must smell. Like opening up people's bowels smells like poop. You guys. Yeah, and this is also worms and poop. Yeah, and like fresh. Very fresh. Um, I thought it looked pretty good, actually. Yeah, I thought I thought that. Yeah, that was I think probably the best part of the episode. Yeah. Um, that or that like or when Red comes into his room and like swings the door shut and there's just that big ram head there. (laughs) And Whoopi Goldberg is like, "This is great. I put this here for you." And he's like, "Please no." I liked that part too. Yeah, and uh, the, that that chicken that's mutilated and kind of looks like something from Aliens. Like, it looks like a little face hugger or something. Yeah, Those creepy. effects are good. Um, those are probably the best part of the episode. Um, yeah, the effects are, are, are effective <laughs> in this. Mm-hmm. Except for the very end. Yeah, you didn't like the head? I didn't like the head. But that's like one of the hardest things in the world to do. I feel like the head the head is better than... The Carrion Death Body, or the um, uh, uh, the last episode we watched, um, the the oh, John um, Lovett face mask, John Lovett's face mask. 
Yeah. Love it or leave it. From from oh, from top billing. Yeah, the face mask yeah. and top billing. It it definitely is, but it's still bad. I mean, it's like I said, it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Yeah. The um But I think that they could have she could have put a bag over his head and then lopped it off. And then his head just in a bag or seen like you can like see her drop it into it. And it would have been just as effective and just as creepy. In fact, then yeah. you could have had more of a blood effect, which would have been good. Or or you cut the head off and then you cut to behind and you see her like put the head in the bag. Or you just see her pick the head up, you know, and kind of walk walk into the yeah. carrying him by the hair. Chucks the pearl. Which which I guess is supposed to, which is like what which what you say. It's one of those things where it's like, is that supposed to be that's like the lesson? Like, turns out you guys were caring about the pearl, but it tur- but or you thought the pearl was important. Ha ha, you nope. fools it for was, thinking it the- was Red's own cabeza the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha, you fools thought it was the pearl. You never even suspected it was Red's head. And I'm like, correct, I did not. Never even occurred to me. I mean, you tried to telegraph it to me, I guess, a couple of times by having her be like, red hair is good. Yeah, it means you have a powerful spirit or whatever it is. Yeah. The, we don't even know what she's going to do with his head, right? Well, I mean, like, you know, vague magic stuff. Yeah, like, there's not even, I mean, like, this yes. is not effective. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's dumb. And we're teased so much with Supernatural, like, Duval is Supernatural. And then we we learn that Vanity's character will eat, say she will eat your soul or something like that. And you're like, oh, is she going to be a... Yeah, is she like a succubus? That's cool. Yeah, right. Is she like a voodoo vampire or something like that? Like, this could be, this could be great. I want, I mean, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, don't you want, you want the episode to be going the way it goes. And then, um, uh, oh, just also weird stuff. Uh, Duval is wants Red to take Vanity to the airport and like like leave with her, and he's basically like, yeah, I'm giving you my woman. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, that's when you're like, that. that's when you're like, oh, everything is fine. Duval knows what's yeah. going on. He does not care. When he's just like, I am too old and too sick to leave. I'm like, I don't know. You seem in pretty good shape. Yeah, just get out of here, dude. <laughs> you can save yourself too. Yeah. But um, but anyway, we get all this tease, and you're like waiting for like. You know, you're waiting for uh, for Duval's eyes to turn red and like you know ghost smoke to come out. You know what I mean? Aren't, or it turns out like out. the worms are actually Duval or something. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 The wor- Yeah. And 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 the pearl itself, you want it to go all like Ark of the Covenant or something, and then it turns out that of course Duval being a being a powerful sorcerer, his girlfriend would also be a you know some sort of ghost spirit or something. you know what I mean? Yeah. You want it to be like that. Or I expected at least there to be some sort of, like, bait and switch about exactly what the Pearl was. Like, based on the whole, yeah. like, oh, Black Queen, I expected Whoopi Goldberg to be the Black Pearl, secretly. Oh, oh I see. Okay, yeah. But Or, like, the Pearl is an egg for for worms or something, you know. Yeah, well, or just, like, something. Like, when mm-hmm. he, I was very surprised that when he cut into him and dug around, he actually found a Pearl. I did mm-hmm. not think it was, I thought it was going to be metaphorical in some way. <laughs> No, that's that's too smart for this episode. <laughs> we got death by voodoo doll. Um, is this no? This is not not even. This is not even the first voodoo doll we've seen. No, this is a much less effective voodoo doll. She just like pokes it and vanity falls over dead. Um, I don't like the way this is. This is kind of a James Bond thing too. I don't really love the weird way that like Red's sexual interest, like like he's very forward and sexual with vanity, and also loves to point his gun at her. Um, yeah, I don't, not great. I don't, love, I don't love that. He likes to point both his guns. Double right. meaning in that. But it's also not even in like a weird hot like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of like, we love each other, but also we might have to kill each other. It's just like weird and kind of brutal and 
Yeah. No, he's very unlikable in this. Yeah, like, they're, like say one nice thing about Red. <laughs> Can't. Yep. I liked him in Ratatouille. There we go. <laughs> like when Red is in Ratatouille. Um, you uh, aptly pointed out that this has bears quite a bit of resemblance to an earlier episode mm-hmm. that we liked a lot more from season two, Till Death. Yep. Um, I think that, I mean, this is not going to be surprising because I actually do like Till Death. I think Till Death is in every way superior to this. Number one, the story makes a bit of sense. Yeah, the story, and the story is good and actually has, I don't know if it's like a, like hard, like a hard twist, but at least has sort of an interesting way things develop and it develops in a way that you may not expect the whole time. Or at the very least, I feel like Till Death like telegraphs to you what the twist is going to be, but then dazzles you with the execution of the twist. Yeah, like you yes, don't yes, expect yes. you don't expect the the effects to be as good as they are. You don't expect it to take kind of like broadly com- balanced broad comedy with true horror the way it mm-hmm. does. Like the execution of the twist is pretty good, and mm-hmm. not maybe not what you would expect from Tales from the Crypt. So it's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, this, I agree. I agree. this goes for the opposite where it's like, where you would never guess. You would never guess what the twist is. And then you're like, yeah, and that's why it's bad. Like I should have yeah, had, had at least random. some hint at what <laughs> what was gonna happen so that it's a satisfying thing to watch play out. And it's but not Mary... it's not mind blowing, so I'm not I don't enjoy it in that way. It's just like, oh, okay, so now red red is dead. Okay. But the be- but the best thing is a television series where anyone could die at any point for oh, any reason. God, just like real life. Yeah, just th- thanks, yeah, jo- I- thanks, Joss Whedon and the <laughs> the eggheads behind Game of Thrones. D and D. No, um, D and D. The uh, yeah, the I, I have plotted behind Game of Thrones. <laughs> I've plotted. I've plotted a couple axes that we could talk about. Talk about racism. I thought Till Death did a pretty decent job of uh, kind of subverting expectations about racism and the treatment of uh, indigenous at, persons. At least and coming I, out and suggesting that it's bad. Right. This. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. This. I don't think Dead Weight is like like expl- like explicit textually racist. Like you know, there, the character. It's. It, it, they're not they're not saying racist things but there is implicit racism just in the way the story is structured kind of yeah i would you know, agree sort with of that. exotic other kind of you know sort of thing yeah um, i think in and maybe this is is ultimately it you know if whoopi goldberg was not uh what is what is whoopi goldberg's uh character's name oh um hold on um her character's name is pelegre is it Peleg- pelegre Pelegra. If Pelegra yeah. was not played by Whoopi Goldberg, you would not know she was important until the very last minute. Yes. So I feel like she is sidelined so hard and is just sort of like this exotic element that that is actually like more racist mm-hmm. than um, than what we have until death, which still like shows voodoo in a very Hollywood Uh, insensitive overblown racist way but like in till death you know that the the voodoo priestess is the good guy like there's no question and and that she holds the power in this you're supposed to kind of think that pellegra is like nuts maybe 
Maybe or yeah, yeah. The right. only or, reason you don't know that is because she's cast as a as a famous actor that they wouldn't do that to. Right. Well, and even if she's not crazy, she's just like even 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 the actual execution is just sort of a like yeah, you know, indigenous people who believe in folk superstition just gonna do crazy stuff. You know, like court, yeah, Blackberry's not evil, right. but she's certainly not right to put a chicken in his bed. Well, or no, I just mean like that at the end, it basically turns out that she just wants to cut his head off and like take it because you know magic because of voodoo reasons right yeah, it but you know yeah like sense. that's not right as opposed to um the priestess in till death who like has actual like actual revenge motiv- motivations and actually executes a good plan um, yes you know, and I, I, like I, wins at the end you get right. you get to see her satisfaction and you understand her satisfaction we don't understand what Pele- what Pelegre wants even when we're seeing it enacted Right, and her plan is not some sort of master plan, or I don't think it is. It kind of seems like basically she's just hanging out, and then is like, "Yeah, I'm going to take your head," which again is more of this great white hunter stuff, isn't it? Right, like it's the, it's the, um, kind of you know, once they gazed upon my white skin, they assumed I was some sort of god, and of course I obliged them to be their king. You know, it has that sort yeah. of, you know, right? Like, of course, I I actually looked it up. As far as I can tell, there is no um, uh, voodoo or you know, sort of affiliated uh, uh, superstition around red hair, African Afro-Caribbean folk magic stuff uh, connected to having red hair, or at least not, not, not that I was able to dig up with some cursory internet searching. Sure. I mean, it would, it kind of makes sense that there wouldn't be, I feel like that's like the most white thing we can do is to be like, and turns out all these people are actually magical. Yeah. Well, or just be like, well, it turns out all these people actually value the differences that we have compared to what they have. And you're like, that's not, that's not reflected in our culture. Why would you think it's reflected in this culture? Like, no, no. If anything, they would think that we were worse than them. Yeah. Yeah. Is this guy a cartoon? Yeah, they'd What's be like, this on? this guy seems like pretty weak and terrible, actually. Like, that's way more likely. Yep. Yeah. Okay, how do you feel about the vileness of the protagonist? In this case, I we assume that, of course, the, uh, the white hetero man is the protagonist, because it's the 90s. Well, probably Logan is actually worse, because Logan's from Till Death. Logan's yeah. actually worse, because Logan is smart and is, like, choosing to, like, to, like, screw over the indigenous people. And then right. and, and marry and then a woman give, and m- allow her to her, die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably that. And also date rape her. Give her rape juice that yeah. accidentally kills her. Yeah. So he like he's like he's bad, but he's more satisfying to watch because he has like motivation and you understand what he's doing. Red yeah. is not very fun to watch because he's not smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah. He. Logan is more evil, but but you care. You, you I don't know if you care about him, but you sort of You're get more a invested, invested in his the story. story. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. yeah, Red is just a dumb guy who makes constipated faces and points guns at people. Right. And not like in a fun, knowing, like pastiche, you know, kind of way. No. No, just sort of like in a. I guess this is what we're doing. Right. Um, and I like James Remar. I think he could have done like he if given better no. material, I think he could have done it. I mean, he's done literally every other kind of role that's been known to man. But we don't we don't have to pretend that any of these people are great actors or actresses. Um, but all of them are 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 above the the yeah. uh, quality and I would of what say they're well given. above. Like Whoopi Goldberg, absolutely. John Ray Davies, sure. absolutely. Yeah, every single one of them. 
what's kind of funny is I don't know about Vanity. I don't know, really know how you know successful of an actress she is, but she actually she 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 might be a, the best. Yeah, she might have the best performance in this in this episode. <laughs> She's kind of given the best narrative, I think, because you can almost see you can almost. You can almost make her have a motivation. Sure. Yeah. No. No. A based on her actions, which is just sort of like she also she has she's self in, she has self interest in mind. She also wants to like kind of get as much money as she can or or right. treasure. And, right. And like empowered sexuality. Yeah. A a a thinly written femme fatale can can be a. Uh, um, amidst a bunch of other sort of like cardboard characters could be a relatively more interesting character. Yeah. And I think she's, and I think the performance is good. Yeah, um, nice, good job. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that everybody in this is sort of done, done wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about the twist quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the visual effects, which was certainly a, a strength of till death, and I think is the strength in this episode too. I would say it's equal. It's probably this yeah. is probably a little bit better. There, there are more. There's really, I mean, well, I don't know. No, because re- I, I disagree. I say because remember, till death has that whole has a whole like walking skeleton zombie. Yeah, bride. that's pretty cool. I think, yeah. I think that, and I then think he that makes out both... with the skeleton with the tongue. Ooh, that's what I was thinking of. I think that they're both <laughs> good. I think that they don't really have as much fun with the visual effects and the grossness. They're taking mm-hmm. the visual effect. The, I think one of the reasons that Till Death works so well is because you don't, and I we get at this in that episode, you don't expect for as hammy a story as it is to have good visual effects. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like it's a treat. Like it's a nice, it's a nice yes, thing that yes, that yes. they've like mixed. Like, the horror comedy genre works the best when actually there is horror there, right? Mm-hmm. It's not It's not just, like, schlocky or bad. Both elements are nicely balanced. So I think that that does it really well. This is, like, taking it all of it too seriously. So the horror elements, you're just, like, it's very much like, and now his head's getting cut off by a chainsaw. And you're like, that's not anything. Okay. It, it kind of has, like, the, the bad... Um... Uh, torture porn films where it's just kind of like, yep, this is what's happening now in this unrelentingly bleak and dark movie. Yeah. Um, now horrible things are, ha- of course, for reasons. Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised. I fully expected the the worm body was going to like give me a little bit of a thrill. Yeah. And I guess it, I guess it kind of did, but it was pretty muted. Yeah. They could have, they could have played up the worms and stuff. And, I mean, it was really gross. Don't get me wrong. No, 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 no. But I mean, but like you want him to like cut him open and like just worms to come like teeming out or. Or like a worm to get on him or something. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. he has. What I really wanted was I really wanted him to like have like a like a hallucination that the worms were getting inside of him. That's what I wanted. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or do the thing where like the screen, the, the the color tint on the screen changes in a point of view, and you're like, oh no. And then you hear John Rhys Davies' wondrous voice be like, oh, you thought that would be so easy. You thought that it was. Yeah. And you want the worms yeah. to like. Take and he's over like his literally and... oogie boogie. Yeah. That's yeah, what I wanted. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what I wanted. Yep. Oh. How oh, disappointing. Oh bummer. What? <laughs> what a mess. So quick, 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 while we still have time. Which Indiana Jones movie do you think is the least racist? Oh, good question. Uh, maybe Last Crusade? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yes, I agree. 
I can't think of anything in Last Crusade outright that's squirmy. Yeah. I mean, some of the Sala stuff, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I said no camels. That's five camels. Well, it's just he just wants to. It's just compensation for his brother. For his brother's car. car. I know. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, it's you. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> do the math somehow. It's not. You know. Yeah, and really, and really, it's funny to ask that question because really, all we're saying, it, but, but that's really just code for being like, man, Temple of Doom is racist. Yeah, I mean, Temple of Doom. That question is very easy if you're asking what's the most racist. That's easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that unfortunately, Raiders has a little bit more like noble, savage, jungle tribesman feel. Right. That's it's at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's probably know, I, the problem. I think that, but they, I think, um, I mean, I, again, I don't know, what, what's that tribe called, like the Havitos or whatever? Like, I don't know, I think they do a pretty good job of... Um, not victim, not not, yeah, like, not making yeah. them seem like they're... They're like guys who are like, yeah, don't steal our artifact, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, the, like, the risk there is that the idea that it, maybe Indy isn't the right to steal the artifact. Right. At least but with again, the Cross of Coronado, you get a sense that, like... The other guy definitely doesn't deserve it. Right, but but Coronado's dead, and so are all of his grandchildren. Yeah, so why doesn't why not why shouldn't this it belong belongs in a, in a museum? museum. <laughs> so do you. Ugh. So uh, Such yeah. a great movie. Yeah. What do you think about Crystal Skull? Oh man, I didn't even. I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> Mutt Mutt Jones. No, thank you. <laughs> Shy of the beef. You can shove that right back on the shelf, sir. <laughs> Not interested. Okay, so uh, my I have one more brilliant question. What the heck does this title mean? Dead weight. Like I, I understand it's like a pun, but for it's, what and how and why? Why is it called dead weight? It's it's even worse than abracadaver, which <laughs> at least made sense because <laughs> there, there are, are cadavers. cadavers in it. I mean, I guess there are dead people in this. Yeah, and they're like waiting it out, sort of. Like, it's the thing, maybe, maybe. Devil's Advocate. If there was like a good story here, you'd have to kind of like build the tension, and you're supposed to be like, will Emil find out that Red and whatever Vandy's character's name is are 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 you know are having sex? And I think her name like, is Catherine. I know we've been calling her Vanity this whole time because it's a much more exciting name. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, like, Red and you know, like the chess game sort of thing, and it's supposed to be like the tension ups, and, you know, maybe it's, it even has a sort of gothic feel to it where it's like they're trapped in the, they're trapped yeah, in the castle, which is the gothic. plantation, and, you know, the, and, you know, wild chaos is closing in on them, and they're, will they revert to savagery, or who will, you know, uh, so maybe it's supposed to be like that, but because this is an unpleasant, you know, twenty-five minute story about a, a dumb, a dumb murderer. <laughs> I think it's hard. I mean, like, if anything, the um, uh, uh, the vulture desert one can show mm-hmm. you that in twenty minutes you can give a pretty good sense of like time passing. Mm-hmm. This feels very rushed. I don't have a sense. How long do you think Red has been at the plantation? I have no idea. Yeah, but it feels like it's like four days or, so, or, or like yeah, a day. Yeah, it feels like, like a matter up. of days, not a matter of months. So yes, you don't yeah. really get a sense of like of like scheming or like plotting or like that. He- what you're talking about is like a Shirley Jackson like 
impending doom and heaviness of like people looking at each other in rooms for far too long like that's kind of what you're right. getting at right. which would yeah. which would work and would be would be beneficial to the story for sure like mm-hmm. the sinisterness of waiting but like it doesn't have any of that no <laughs> so i no. don't really understand why that's called dead weight yeah dead weight maybe it's his buddy that he shoots at the beginning maybe Maybe it's uh, maybe it's the fact that all um, Goldberg needs is his head. The rest of him is just dead weight. Oh, can we talk? Okay, sorry. I keep being like, and the last thing, and one last thing. So, Whoopi Goldberg is famous enough that not only does she get to be in the episode, but she gets to sort of be in the outro bumper. Terrible, uh, yes. <laughs> she's being interviewed by um, the Crypt Keeper who is uh, kind of hosting like a David Letterman style kind of evening show. And he's like, so whoopee. And they make puns about like being in roles. And she says there might be a part for him in her movie. And then she's like, 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 like pleasantly fondling a machete. And then he's like, "Uh oh, and it's, it's awkward. She's not very good at interacting with, uh, it might not be her fault, but she's not very good at interacting with the Crypt Keeper. You also realize that it's kind of awkward that he doesn't have a name because she calls him Crypt Keeper, which felt stilted and unnecessary. Yeah. Like, just talk to him. Um, it's yeah. weird that it, and, uh, I don't know. It I was... expect a lot more from a person who made that fantastic Poles in World War Two joke. Yes. Yes. I expect more from that. I don't know. Yeah, it it, it kind of feels like she doesn't want to be there, and like she doesn't like. I, I'm sure she didn't write it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so and so, just don't do it. So it's just not... don't do it. I know, but the, I, they felt like they had to because she's like. I mean, up until this, she's definitely at the peak of her power or about mm-hmm. to sure. peak. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg is kind of a funny celebrity anyway. She has that thing where she's a celebrity that you as a child know as a celebrity. Yeah. And she's in some kid stuff, but she just is sort of like a famous adult. Robin Williams is like in the same kind of time Rosie O'Donnell. Like yep. Yeah. Yep. All of those people are like the same in that way. It's yeah. just sort of weird. It was like we went through a little time where it was like comedians who love kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't even know if she falls into that category. Does Does Whoopi Goldberg like a child? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I mean, though. It's kind of yeah. seemed like for a while she was sort of like, "Do you need somebody to host something on Nickelodeon?" Just their game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you rate this sucker? Oh, so I give this turkey. I, I don't know, man. I don't. <laughs> I never want. <laughs> this is another one I never want to watch again. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I never could, watch this again if I. Can I could help do it. without. Um, I, I guess it gets a little bit of credit for having actors I like in it, but it wastes them, so maybe it shouldn't. And it has, like, okay gore. Um, and actually kind of a weirdly explicit sex scene that we didn't talk about. But um, Oh, yeah, that is funny. Uh, but, but I give it one hasty abdominal surgery. Oh. Um, I, I... <laughs> Also feel the same way, although I am absolutely certain that I am offended that it wasted the talent that it has here. Um, so that's a mark against it in my book. I guess I'm glad that all these people got paid to do this, but come on. Um, so I gave it one out of five uh, squirmy inner worms. <laughs> Next time, kitties. Love is in the air and blood is on the blade in a Johnston child favorite, so I married an axe murderer. An important film that asks, what if Mike Myers became a screwball rom-com leading man? 
Oh, man. I have done so much reading about, like, Mike Myers being like, I wanted to transition into dramatic roles. And I'm like, and you did this? This <laughs> is what like, you did? But I feel like when you read about it, we're, 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 we're shooting the match the night before, but I feel like when you read about this, though, they were kind of like, well, Mike Myers just kept goofing around on the set and they just made it part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I won't shoot the match, but he just funny. He just can't help being a comedic tour de force. He's a funny man. He's too talented. The comedy just is like oozing out of his pores. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the platform of your choice. If you had a good time, you could maybe subscribe. And if you want to be our best friends, you could rate or review us. Help us out with the algorithms. Help other people find find out about our show. Tell other people. Maybe you could go visit us at outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers to see the show notes and find other excellent podcasts in the Outrageous Mechanisms family. Mm. Um, mm. So we've talked a lot about how the the twist was was both too obvious and not telegraphed enough. But I guess, in retrospect, we really should have seen it coming. Greed often causes people to lose their heads. <laughs> <laughs>